Howdy, y'all. Welcome to episode 36 of Running with Sam and Dave. We are in 1 Samuel chapter 9. We just flipped over there from chapter 8 into verse 9, or chapter 9, rather. And um, hey, we're talking about how Saul became the king of Israel. And so the end of chapter 8 saw God telling Samuel to warn the people of Israel about having a king, what the results would be, and because the the people had asked uh, Samuel to make a king for them. Make make they wanted a king like everybody else, like the other nations. And Samuel um, warns them, like God says, and they still say, "Yeah, that's what we want." Even though he warned them about all the negatives that are going to come along with having a human king. But that's what they wanted. God said, "Give them what they want." So now we hear about how they got what they wanted, and it starts off in a very strange way. So let's let's read this in. And talk about it a little bit. It says, There was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bekorath, the son of Appaiah, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. And he had a choice and handsome son whose name was Saul. There was not a more handsome person than, uh, or than he among the children of Israel. From his shoulders up, he was taller than any of the people. All right, so we're giving a little background of this man, Saul, who um, will become the king. The next part of the section of the book is all about him. And what we know about him is he comes from a a family with a strong father and um, from the house of Benjamin. And it says that he was a choice and handsome son. Um, there was not a more handsome person than he among the children of Israel. So when it comes to choosing a king, this guy's like the movie star, uh, good looking. Uh, and not only that, but he is taller than everyone else by a considerable amount from, you know, it says from shoulder forward, he was taller than any of the people. Um, you know, he's a head taller basically than everybody else, which is interesting, especially when you get to, Chapter 17, where we see the story of Goliath, uh, who is the Philistine giant coming to challenge the uh, the champion of Israel, uh, which uh, you'd think would be Saul since he's a head taller than everybody else. He's quite, I mean, quite literally, he's the giant of Israel. He's their tallest guy. Uh, he's the, and here he is, movie star, good looks, handsome guy, which is going to make it very easy, I think, for when he is presented as this is your guy for everyone to go, wow, yeah, look at that guy. That's a king. You know, that's the kind of guy we wanted. You'll notice it doesn't say anything about his character. And we talked about that a, a bit earlier. And uh, in our last series, when we were going through the book of Titus about the importance of the character of those who are leaders um, of God's people. So let's see what happens next. It says, now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father were lost. And Kish said to his son, Saul, please take one of the servants with you and arise and go look for the donkeys. So he passed through the mountains of Ephraim and through the land of Shalisha, um, but they did not find them. Then they passed through the land of Shalim and they were not there. Then he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they did not find them. So they're on this wild goose chase or wild donkey. Well, not wild, domesticated donkey chase. They're trying to find the donkeys of his father. Now, what he doesn't realize is that God is working behind the scenes. God is setting up a meeting between Saul and Samuel so that Samuel would anoint him as the king 
um, over Israel. And God is using this very strange circumstance of lost donkeys. And, you know, God sometimes does this. God sometimes takes these, these situations that for us are frustrating. And sometimes we look at them and we go, oh, what? This is just a disruption of my life. I'm sure Saul would rather not be crossing all over the countryside looking for these three dumb donkeys. And I'm sure that's probably how he thought about them many times. Like, where are these dumb donkeys? Where did they go? But, you know, God's using the donkeys to get them where they want to go. And, um, you know, I had a situation in my life one time that was like that, where um, I was, we were remodeling our house. And in order to do that, we had, we had to figure out a place to to live because we were knocking down basically three, uh, well, two thirds of our house. We were we cut it in half and bulldozed it basically, and kept the bedrooms and the bathroom side, and we rebuilt the living room, kitchen, office, garage, um, etc. So, anyway, during that time, we were like, "Where are we going to live? <laughs> you know, are we going to rent an apartment?" And my wife had the idea of, "Well, maybe we know somebody that has like a fifth wheel or you know a camper, a trailer." And so she went on Facebook and she posted, a, put a post on that said, did my friends have a trailer or camper we can borrow while we remodel our house for a few months? And within five minutes, somebody posted, yeah, we've got one, you know, just come get it, you know, and, uh, and, you know, it was a fifth wheel trailer. So then we're like, well, we don't have a, we don't have a truck that has a fifth wheel hitch, but we'll probably need, we're probably going to need one because we weren't sure where we were going to, where we were going to park this thing. Um, eventually we did park it on our side yard and, uh, made some hookups to our septic tank and, and stuff. But anyway, um, I ended up finding a truck that was, uh, on the other side of some mountains. I, I was living in Western Colorado and I had to drive over to Durango, um, and I had to go over a red mountain pass, which is notorious curvy cliffs scary road to drive on. And, uh, so, so I want to go get this truck on the other side of Durango and it had, was a great price. And I couldn't figure out why the guy, you know, hadn't sold it. So, um, so I grabbed one of my youth group kids in our minivan and we drove over there and we looked at it and like, well, this thing looks great. We drove it, drove great. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to came back to the guy said, yeah, we'll take it. So, um, we drove down to the local bank, got, the money for the guy paid for it and we started driving home. And as we're going over red mountain pass, we're almost to the top. And, um, all of a sudden my dashboard, everything on the dashboard just goes to zero. You know, it was, a uh, not a digital dashboard, but everything just goes boop, down, you know, the, the speedometer, the odometer, everything goes down to zero. Everything just shuts off. I go, that's weird. And I look in my rear view mirror and we're, we're right at the top of one of the passes. And the, the guy that went with me is flashing his headlights at me. So I pull over, I stop and, and, uh, and he pulls over next to me and says, yeah, something's wrong with your van. Something's wrong with your van. It, it's, um, it's like, it's like dying. It's, you know, like the engine's dying. So we stopped and, um, like, what's going on? And, uh, we, we stopped for a few minutes and we went and we started the van up. He's like, Oh, okay, it's going again. I went to start the truck and then this truck wouldn't start. I was like what in the world? So we got out jumper cables. We jumped it. We got it started and we start driving down from this pass through the curvy mountain roads. And he starts flashing the lights at me again. Um, 
and uh and so he pulls over and i pull over and uh he goes it's, it did it it did it again the engine's just cutting out and so he tries to start it and it won't start there's nothing <laughs> it won't start and i go to start the truck right okay well let's get in the truck and we'll drive the rest of the way down to down to uh down to Silverton. And so we, we try to start the truck. It won't, it won't start either. We have both vehicles that we have dead at the exact same time in the same spot. I was like, what, what in the world? So we wait a little while and finally we go back to the van and the van starts as so we said, okay, we're going to drive to Silverton and see what we can do. So we get to Silverton and uh, we call, I called a friend of mine and said, I think the alternator on this truck is gone. And he said, well, I'll drive, I'll, I'll go by the store and drive, get one. And, um, you know, just in case I'll bring my truck with a trailer on the back. So, uh, because we, because we had two almost dead vehicles. So, um, so we waited around and we're, we're just walking around Silverton. Nothing's going on until Wednesday and, uh, it's getting, it's getting toward the evening. And, um, so we're like, what are we going to do? And I said, well, one of these little churches must have like a Wednesday evening service. And so we're walking up the this hill and we see some people walking toward this little church. And so we walk up and we see this, this old, old man walking up toward the church. We said, is there, is there a service here tonight? And he goes, he looks at us and like classic grumpy old man. He goes, prayer and praise, you know? So like, okay. So we, we follow him in and we sit down and, and it was neat because the people there were all excited that there were guests, you know? And so we told them what's going on and they were all, oh, can we help? How, how can we help you? We'd love to help you. I said, Oh no, our friend's coming out. Um, and so they prayed for us and we prayed with them. And a little while later, my friend called and we, we met him and, um, hopped in his, in his, uh, in his truck's cab with, um, his, uh, three sons and a friend. So it was like, there wasn't even room for all of us. We all pile in and we drive up to the truck with, with the alternate and we get there. And I realized I'd left my keys for the truck in the van back in Silverton, which is like 25 miles back. So, so my friend goes, well, I'm going to see if I can, you know, pop the trunk, if I can, you know, get the, or pop the hood and get, I'll get started. So we drive back, get the keys get back up there. He's got it switched on. We start, you know, we, we jump it, it fires up, um, runs fine. So we drive it back to Silverton. We put the van on the trailer and, uh, we end up, um, rolling back in to, to basically to my house, drop, drop the kid off, roll in my house. I get home at midnight. Um, you know, we left that morning. I think we left that morning at like six 30 in the morning or seven 30 morning. We, it was all day kind of thing, but I was telling the kid on the drive home, I said, you know what? This was such a crazy day. The, I mean, what are the possibilities of two cars conking out at the exact same spot twice? You know, what are, what are the possibilities? Just all this this tra- crazy stuff. I said, you know what? I, God's going to do something with us. I'm just, you know, it'll be interesting to see. And I didn't think a whole lot about more about it. Um, had the truck for a while. Had some issues, but got it fixed up. And... Uh, uh, put a, put a couple thousand dollars into tires and getting some wiring done on it, but it was fine. And uh, then when we had our house remodel done. We had an electrical inspe- inspection and the electrical inspector said, well, I want to look at the old wiring, which we were told he wouldn't do, but it was, I guess, under his purview. So he went in and looked at the old wiring in the house and he said, yeah, this, all your ground wires are undersized. You need to rewire this whole side of the house. And we were like, oh no, you know, we've, we have no money left. We've spent all of our money 
on this remodel, my friend who's the contractor on it, I'm telling him like, how much is, you know, I'm asking him like, how much is this going to cost? He goes, I, I don't know. And I said, are you talking 5,000? Are you talking 10,000? What are we talking? He goes, maybe, <laughs> you know, like, well, I don't have five or $10,000 lay, laying around to, to pay for this. I was all stressed out about it, you know, and, and there's a whole lot more to this story about me learning a big lesson about worry. But in the end, what ended up happening was we ended up having, I think it was an $8,000 bill for the electrical. And so we had this fifth wheel trailer that we had borrowed from friends. But when we went to pick it up, my friend said to me, you know, we've had this trailer for years. We used it for camping with our kids, but our kids are all grown and gone to college. He said, so we're going to lend you this trailer, but there's one condition. I said, what's that? He said, don't ever bring it back. And we said, okay, so I've got this camper on the side of my house and I have to figure out how I'm going to make, how I'm going to pay for the electrical and pay my friend who's the contractor. Um, and so we said, Hey, let's, let's just try to sell this trailer. So we, we listed the camper, ended up selling the camper for $4,000. Um, I had $7,000 into the, um, the truck. And so I went and parked at a local lot where they'd sell the vehicle for you and finance it to people that wanted to buy it. And uh, somebody bought it. And I ended up with like the $8,000 I needed to pay for the bill, and, you know, to, to pay for the house, um, the electrical. And, uh, you know, and I remember afterwards being like, ah, you know, is this typical? Just typical, you know, how the Lord works and how the Lord provides. And here's this day where I'm having my own personal wild donkey chase with these two vehicles, um, but the help of good friends and, uh, and just to see how God works in those situations. And, um, and so as we read this, we'll, we'll see that. And so just keep that in mind, you know, we don't know, we don't know how God's going to work. You know, those, those, those days, there are, there are those days in your life where, where you recognize like, this is the day that God is doing stuff. And there's other days that seem just absolutely normal. And there's some days that seem like complete catastrophes. And yet, God, God works because, you know, he said, we know, you know, Paul said, Paul wrote that in, in uh, Romans eight twenty eight. for we know that all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So anyway, keep that in mind. If you're having one of those days today where everything seems to be going wrong, uh, just remember that uh, the things that seem to be going wrong, God will use us for your good and for his glory. So uh, God bless you. Have a great day.